This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. WABC. Cornelius introducing KC and the Sunshine Band. Oh, white people, right? Oh, my God. The Soul Train uh, folks were, like, freaking out. That was like when they introduced the average white band coming in from Scotland. They said, where are the brothers? Where are the sisters? Wow, this music is good. This music is good. And you know why we're playing this music coming in, Diego? Because I would much prefer that Andrew Giuliani be going to a concert of what's left of KC and the Sunshine Band and what he's going to be doing tonight. It is disgraziata. I knew I should have told Curtis Lee with this. I had a feeling that this was going to come back to bite me in the tuchus, but I got to tell you, I didn't think it would be right at the very top of the show over here. But bring it on, Sliwa. There's nothing that I like more than at 6 o'clock than a nice big old hug dose of Curtis Sliwa no, optimism no, you ain't getting, coming my you way. You ain't getting no hugs Optimizely, from me. Optimistically, uh, op, what is it? Uh, what is it? What is Ernie's? Uh, positively Ernie? That's Negatively right. Curtis. Exactly. Negatively me, Curtis. So, so Andrew tells me as we're doing the pre-show prep. Yes. And by the way, uh, it'll be a little truncated for me today. I will be leaving for one hour from 9 to 10. What's up, Curtis? You can't handle nine hours already? You're getting old? Is that the deal? Are no, you, Are you no. becoming the Biden of WABC here? What's have a very on? important hush-hush-mush-mush uh, uh, Guardian Angel-related okay. uh, Zoom call. It will not be talked about. That was uh, scheduled a month ago. So uh, either if John joins you, he'll be on with you from 9 to 10, or you'll be going solo okay. 9 to 10. Then Dominic Carter comes on. Dominic Carter. (laughs) And I want you to grab him in for a few seconds before he comes on. Yeah. And really stick it to him like I stuck it to him on uh, Sunday night going into Monday when he's doing his normal shift uh, 11 to 1 after the animal welfare hour. Why do you want me to grab Dominic against his will? What do you want me to say? No, no, no. Just say, Dominic, um, I'm not too familiar with the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Could you come on in here? And elucidate our audience on this because nobody knows this stuff. <laughs> I, I questioned him. He was embarrassed. He said, "Oh, uh, I have to go to the bathroom, Curtis. I'll be right back." <laughs> since we have, so a, he celebrates Christmas. That, he celebrates Christmas. Doesn't matter since we have a big banner up on uh, WABC website. I see it all over town. Every business, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> so naturally, me being the Weisenheimer. I don't go up to white people and ask them, you know, what Kwanzaa is, because they don't. 
I don't go up to Hispanic people like Diego because they know no Three Kings Day. That's all he counts, Three Kings Day. I don't go up to Asian people because they're waiting for their Lunar New Year, which lasts for a month. <laughs> I go up to black people and I say, black man, black woman, tell me, what are the seven principles of Kwanzaa? <laughs> and they look at me and they say, why, is this a test? <laughs> it's a test of your blackness, your, your awareness of being a brother and sister because there are seven principles of Kwanzaa. Can I help you? Can I give you at least one or two hints? Well, I I know we're going to talk about this in a later segment over here, but, I mean, do you think this is something that Eric Adams should be asked during his his weekly press conference where he'll take uh, questions from the undesirables, if you will? Probably the only question he could have answered correctly because, (laughs) you know, he's uh, Afrocentric to the T. So uh, we're going to be discussing all the crazy things that Eric Adams said at his once-a-week-as-you-pointed-out press conference. I'm hoping your dad weighs in because he talked about how he talks to other past mayors, you know, to get guidance. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, oh, definitely, uh, he's a sycophant, toady, and lackey of Bloomberg. <laughs> Why the hell would you talk to de Blasio, right? <laughs> I don't know if he talks. Let's I don't see. think he talks to de Blasio. Uh, amongst them, who's considered the greatest mayor of our lifetime? Rudy Giuliani, especially in law and order, dealing with crowd control. You think maybe he would have talked to your dad mm. and... You would think I'm a little biased and agree with you, but I think the numbers don't lie, right? That's the thing. We can have our biases. Just look at the numbers. 2,000 murders a year, down to 700 in five years under Rudy Giuliani. But again, I'm going to press this. Yes. Sid Rosenberg lobbied the mayor, uh, Eric Adams, about a year ago, almost at this point. Right. Uh, Back then, um, Sid Rosenberg was like, couldn't wait to go out every other night. With Eric Adams. They were buddies. They were hanging out oh, all the time. To the, to the break of dawn, giving, they, out, giving, they, giving out food to uh, homeless people once a week. There's got to be a breakup in that relationship because I heard on Friday before Sid you know, took the week off that uh, that he was he was criticizing Adams a little bit. So this maybe Adams is not uh, quite being as fast on his no. response to his text. Is that the deal? But I remember after they broke bread in Michael's great Italian restaurant there in Brooklyn, Nostrand Avenue R. Um, Eric Adams agreed that he was going to have a sit-down with your dad. You know, just basically to shoot the breeze about maybe some of the things that he could do better. He promised Sid, your dad's still waiting for that call. So you see, this guy, whatever group he's with at that particular time, he morphs. He becomes part of that group. He'll yes you, he'll smile. Absolutely, you're right. I could learn a lot from Rudy. Sid was basically repeating everything that was said at that meal. And your dad was actually on the precipice of thinking he was going to go to dinner with Eric Adams and he could impart information to him. All Eric Adams did to your dad, to our audience, to his own people, African-American people that elected him, was sell him wolf tickets. Because he hasn't gotten any consultation on any issues from anyone of consequence. Because you know who he consults with? Himself. Yes. And that's why he's at 28% in the polls. The worst ratings that any mayor has ever had in the history of Including de Blasio, which is kind of amazing. Oh, my God. Including Dinkins, which is unbelievable. (laughs) But it shows shows that he has no internal constitution, right? There are no guiding principles that Eric Adams has. It's kind of fly by the seat of your pants. And we've covered this a little bit the last couple of days. And if you look at his actions over the last couple of years, you'll see that. You'll see that basically he's looking at his target. And his target a couple of years ago 
was potentially the White House when he was at the Port Authority welcoming these migrants, these illegal immigrants coming in from Greg. He was calling Greg Abbott a racist and he was saying, hey, welcome to New York. We're a sanctuary city. We'll take we'll take your huddled masks. Keep coming. Don't worry about it. I don't care. I'm going to look the other way. I don't care where they're from. I don't care how many of them are men. I don't care how many are coming in. New York City is going to do that. Why was he doing that? Because he was running for president in his mind at the time. Now he's just trying to survive and stay out of cuffs at this point. So he knows this is something he needs to get his hands around. But he's not getting a meeting with Biden. Biden is giving him the Heisman, the stiff arm, Curtis Lee. Well, why isn't why isn't the Brooklyn of Biden getting calls back? From Joe Biden well, himself. We'll go, we'll go into that okay. moment. Okay. You, you're doing anything to digress yes. from what we started the program. I with. only have another two two hours and forty five minutes to try to digress around the, no, uh, no, the subject. To try to avoid. Here. That's to, it. Uh, try to avoid. I'm working it. Which is so interesting because I was ranting and raving yesterday about the negative impact of all the Swifties and Taylor Swift yes. on the NFL. Yes, and I I agree. I'm kind of like Taylor Swift. Man, she's taking the attention from the National Football League. Kind of amazing when you think about this. And uh, her her boy toy, because she's a Black Widow spider, she's always uh, chewed up and spit out all of her previous boyfriends and then made a song about them that lives in infamy. But her latest maid tag, Travis Kelsey, has had a disastrous season. I mean, he's lost his manhood. Uh, and that's just by having um, Taylor Swift in the box watching the Kansas City Chief games, whether they're on the road or like they were this past uh, Sunday at home. But you, you've taken it beyond that. Forget Tommy Cutlets, the Mama Luke there, crashing and burning against the Philadelphia Eagles and then going home and say, Mommy, tuck me in, Mommy, did you make my chicken cutlets? You! Uh, getting your nuts cracked, right? Or yes. something like that. Yes, well, that's exactly right. I am going to be taking my wife... Her Christmas gift for me tonight, we are going to the Nutcracker, a Christmas spectacular here what? in New York City. We're going to the Nutcracker. And I, have, I haven't I have been to the Nutcracker. I went one time when I was a kid. It might have been the first or second year Dad was in office. Okay. And I remember going as a kid. i got to tell you, as a seven- or eight-year-old, it wasn't exactly look, like my look, attention was on that, the uh, ballet performance. That, that was required. Yes. That was required. This is not required. You chose this out of all the things you could have done. Yeah. This holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, out of all the places you could have taken your wife. Right. You chose to take your wife to a show that is synonymous to men about how they become Maytags and how their nuts get cracked. I don't think that's it. In I don't marriage. think you've seen the story. I think that's I don't think that's it at all. Oh my god. What I, has happened to you? Where's your when you where's your manliness? <laughs> so uh Nutcracker sweet. Oh my god. So Curtis, would you have What's taken next, any Peter of your, Pan? Would you have taken any of your wives to the Nutcracker? No, because I live that life every day with them. <laughs> well, every I got day. I think Curtis, I think then this is the right move. I think I've basically gotten marriage advice from you. And I'm now doing the opposite. By so the I way, feel like I have really actually taken the right steps by in the way, Andrew, taking my wife to the nutcracker. Are you tonight. gonna be practicing your plies, your curtsies, your bows? Are you gonna do a pirouette? <laughs> Are you gonna put on your little two foot and no get one, up on the Sliwa. stage? I curtsy to no one. How about God, that? No we are not a monarchy God. here. I will curtsy to no one. Ballet. <laughs> 
Oh, come on. You know, I got to tell you, I enjoy seeing my wife happy. And around the holidays, she does so much for the family. She's amazing. She's the most amazing woman that I know. She's an amazing mother. She's got an incredible career that she's built all of her own. If anything, the Giuliani name over the last bunch of years has probably hurt her more than it's helped her in some kind of ways. How long have you been married, Andrew? We've been married for six years, and uh, we've known each other for close to ten years. Well, let me tell you something. This will create a seven-year itch. I don't want to predict this. The Nutcracker? Well, what what am I going to see? A nice uh, ballerina there doing some pirouettes and be like, whoa. But totally losing your manhood. You'll probably walk into the wrong bathroom during the break. The woman's (laughs) bathroom. uh, You think they'll have tampons in the wrong bathroom? Yeah, yeah, well, let me tell you something. I'd love to punch you in the schnoz so you'd have to use them up your (laughs) schnoz. I can't believe this. What should I be doing tonight instead? You see, if your wife had chosen this, if your wife had put it in your stocking stuffer and said, here's a gift, uh, let's go to the Nutcracker. I get it. But you went out of your way out of all the... You could have taken a bowling, right? You could have (laughs) taken a bowling. Yes, because there's nothing more romantic than taking your wife bowling. Well, look. Showing off how you could pick up that 710 spare, you know? That's right. For Polish people, that's like sparkle ball. (laughs) You know how many Polish people met at bowling alleys across the heartland of America that elected Donald Trump president? Don't disparage bowling. I like bowling. I don't know if it's exactly the Christmas gift that I would give my wife. We've gone bowling before, and she's actually a pretty good bowler. Okay. I'll tell okay. you. See? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how Wait, is that, what, this the, what ended country up was she from? What Lithuania, right across the border. Just, see? Just see? She's probably got Polish genes in her. She loves bowling. She, uh, likes, she likes a little bowling. She would prefer you. No, she'd actually choose the Brunswick ball over you. <laughs> you think so, I'm huh? telling you. <laughs> She'd have gone bowling. Oh. For, for Christmas. So uh, so next time, next year in her stocking stuffer, I'm going to ha- give her a little gift card to a Bolero or something like that and stick it you in see, there this, and just say, here you go, This is what is so disappointing. I love you so much. Ten great years together. Let's not, go bowling. Not that it was in your wife. No wipers allowed. If she had chosen going to the Nutcracker Suite, I get it. You you would have had a dutifully uh, d- uh, toted along, you know, and nodded your head. Oh, I love it. Oh, this concerto, it's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so inspiring. And she would have said, oh, oh, oh. I mean, I'm not going to tell you over here that I'm like, uh, you know, I've circled the Nutcracker as my thing to do for the last month. But I'll tell you how it came along here, Curtis. She was saying, you know, she's like, I'd love to do this this, this Christmas, but you probably don't want to go. And I said, you know what? I said, it's not exactly the top thing that I want to do. But if you'd like to do it, babe, then guess what? For Christmas, I'm going to get this for you. This is going to be my gift for you. We are going to go to the Nutcracker. We'll get our nuts cracked together over here, and we'll have a good time. We'll watch some ballet, and it's going to be great. I'm not a ballet guy. I'm not going to lie. I don't think anybody – I don't think I've ever brought up ballet on WABC, but I'm happy to cover it for the next uh, three and a half hours if, if we want to keep on going into the uh, nutcracker. Let me here, just Curtis. say... You are an expert at getting your nuts cracked. So. Exactly. Uh, chestnuts roping, uh, roasting on the open fire. <laughs> are you... I can just see images on the stage that you're looking up there and you're saying, my God, I could be a Mikhail Baryshnikov. <laughs> I could be a Mikhail Baryshnikov. And they would love you because you know why, Andrew... 
You got blonde hair, blue eyes. Let me just say, they would have loved you in ballet school. About 75 pounds ago, maybe. Oh, Rudolph Nureyev, they would have loved you. They would have said, oh, yes, come on. <laughs> and that would have made peace with the Russians because, remember, one thing that Russian men are forced to do by their Russian wives is to go to the ballet. Oh, my God, it could have been you. It could have been you. You could have been. Just think. You could have been up there. You could have been dancing high in the sky as Mikhail Barishnikov. I should have been. I should have been. Balanchine could have been could have been conducting me. Notice, How about that? A ballet guy is named, if you're listening, Rudy, Rudolf Nureyev. I told you, what kind of a guy gets named Rudolf, huh? A ballet guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's real manly, isn't it? So up next... I'll pirouette out of here. I'll do a plie. I'll make you feel so comfortable. I'll get you ready for a real manly experience. I'm looking forward to this here, Curtis. Ballet at the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah! Oofa! 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I think I think Rush is uh, involved in the Nutcracker, if I'm not mistaken. No. I think there's going to be some Rush in there. No, no. I think they do some pirouettes to Rush. Hey, uh, what's your name, Diego? Yeah. Diego. My name is Diego. Diego. Well, well you one of the great baritones or tenors? Baritone. Okay. I know now why, out of all the things that Andrew Giuliani could have done for his wife in celebrating Christmas... He chose to take it to the ballet, the Nutcracker Suite. Oh, I'm curious. What subconsciously made me choose taking her to well, the Nutcracker? Well, think of it. Years and years ago, before you were birthed, yes. just about at the time that your daddy was coming into the world, and I think it was uh, Marine Park, East Flatbush, there was a place that was called San Juan Hill. It was the scene for West Side Story, mm-hmm. which in itself... Uh, conducted by Leonard Bernstein. There's a great movie out there. Bradley Cooper now plays Leonard Bernstein. I haven't seen the movie, but just from the trailer, he looks like Leonard Bernstein. And it was like a modern-day ballet, Jets and Sharks, you know, battling Puerto Ricans and Irish-Italians battling in what is now Lincoln Center. Uh, So the great uh, builder, Robin Moses, has confiscated that area, Urban Renewal, and put up Alice Tully Hall, put up Lincoln Center, all the places you would normally go to see mm-hmm. a ballet, to see an opera, to see a visiting troupe of performers. Like uh, there used to be boycotts against um, uh, the Russians. You know, the Russians, their ballets are so annoying. Yeah. But this was all at the time when Jews couldn't come to America and we were trying to enable Jews to escape Russia, so there were massive protests, massive protests. But I know what this is. Oh, what is it? This Chris? is in your the Rudolfo Giuliani DNA. Yeah, because one thing he loved—he didn't love ballets; he loved operas. Yes, he did. He does love operas. He loves them. And his uh, his most uh, famous contribution to the Middle East situation was he was sitting there, Alice <laughs> Tully Hall, as he was so apt to do. Probably it was uh, Madame Butterfly Puccini, um, 
lip-syncing the words, or Laboim, or Latchaviata, or Tosca. You know, probably lip-syncing, and he looks over. And it's at the time of the annual march of the despots, dictators, and tyrants into the General Assembly of the United Nations. It was the 50-year anniversary that year. And who's sitting the there with his silver revolver on his side, Yasser Arafat, with the shmata on his head, the kafia? <laughs> and your dad said to uh, Arafat, to an emissary, tell him to get the hell out of here or I'll have him locked up. Yeah. I, I don't want him in Alice Tully Hall. And your dad, rightfully so, created an international incident <laughs> in which Yasser Arafat, leader of the PLO, the equivalent of Hamas at the time. Remember, they were yep. kidnapping, taking hostages, airlines. It was a disaster. A mass murderer. And your dad kicked him out, and all of a sudden, he's creating an international incident. How could he? And your dad simply said, look, I was so engrossed in repeating the words of Verdi's La Traviata <laughs> that I didn't want anything to disturb my operatic experience. <laughs> So now I understand, like father, like son. Okay, he was into Madame Butterfly and Puccini, right. and he knew all the words to all these great operas. Italians, I, I might add, Italian operas. But you have taken it to a different degree. Yeah, I've taken it up a notch. I've, I've really got, I'm getting my nuts cracked tonight at the Nutcracker, huh? Ballet. <laughs> I, I, so I'll tell you, I, I've been to one ballet that I can remember since going to the Nutcracker as a little kid. And I remember we got tickets to the president's box at Ke- at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. Wait, wait. Did they actually allow Trump to have a box at the Kennedy Center? Cause I don't it, think he ever went. But, yeah, it is the president's box. Yes. He would be booed. I, I'm trying to think if he actually went. Maybe he went one time. Maybe. I actually don't think he did. I know Melania went a couple times. I know some of the kids went a couple of times. But basically what would happen was – with the box, they would find out whether or not the fa- the uh, the first family is going to use it that night. And if it's not going to use, it, they're not going to use it that night. Then a couple weeks before, they release the tickets to senior staff and then to you know mid level staff and all that. So I would when I when, when my wife was in town, occasionally, probably two or three times a year, apply for the tickets, and I ended up getting the tickets on this time. And sure enough, we ended up getting tickets to a ballet. And Curtis, I have to tell you. This was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I don't remember what the name of this thing was, but I just remember the opening scene of the ballet were people in spacesuits, right? Space uniforms, what you'd see NASA, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, think you uh, think of, doing this performance, doing these pirouettes. So imagine in like a, it was so it was like a space opera, and it was the worst thing that my wife and I ever saw. We ended up walking out. Uh, halfway through an intermission and said, you know what, we, we've got we, to go home over here. So let's hope the Nutcracker is a little bit better. But this is like a New York Christmas tradition. Curtis, i got to tell you, I think you're protesting so much. I, I thought about this. Right, Lincoln, well, Lincoln me, Center me, is just a quick, quick let me, walk. Let me help you. Yeah, because that's a place that your father. Yes. Uh, your father actually spent more time in Yankee Stadium, yes. to be honest. Absolutely. But his second choice uh, of uh, relaxation and entertainment. Lincoln Center. And Alice Tully Hall there. Love the opera. Yep. Uh, whereas you have chosen a different path. And by the way, be, I, want, I want you to be a cognoscente tonight. Yes. 
You cannot refer to any of the male ballet dancers on the stage performing the Nutcracker with the ballerinas as male ballerinas. <laughs> they're just they're just ballerinas. They're no, persons. No, no. Let me let me help you. Oh, okay, good. This is so good. you'll you'll get, get into education. The they're just considered male ballet dancers. Now, male ballet right. dancers. And you can say, look, I had the guidance of my father, Rudolfo, named after Rudolf the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He had to deal with all that growing up as a kid, being ostracized because they wanted to know where was his red, uh, red uh, nose as a reindeer. But that you always dream, your dad actually said to you, the way to make peace between the old Soviet Union and the Cold War and America, because we were on the cusp. This is before you were born. Mm-hmm. Every day when I went to school, I had to get underneath the desk and kiss both my cheeks, <laughs> put my head between my legs and kiss my left cheek and right cheek like every other kid. Because at any moment, Nikita Khrushchev was going to toss one of those nuclear weapons on us, and then we would toss it on them, and it would be fail-safe, and that would be... By the way, what does going under a desk... Just looking at this. What does going under a desk protect you when a nuclear bomb is Look, coming in for? What, how's that going to help you? We were obedient kids back then. Nowadays, the <laughs> You kids were obedient. Are... Hold on. Curtis Lee was an obedient child. Well, I'm calling you out on that let one. Let me tell you something. That was St. Matthew's Elementary School, the Joe's Fight Nuns, Eastern Parkway, Utica Avenue, Irish Nuns, hit you so hard, your mother would feel the vibrations. <laughs> so when they told you, because the, the air raid siren would go on. Yeah. And everybody would have to get under their desk. And, you know, it was interesting, a little sidebar story, right before the Christmas holiday, back then, we actually had snow then, believe it or not. It was, <laughs> it was real winters. What's that? Snow. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, there was an explosion that we all heard in our classroom. And the nun instinctively told us all to get under the desk, assuming that the bomb had already hit. Not far away from Crown Heights is Park Slope, the other side of uh, Prospect Park. You know, where the dope from Park Slope uh, lives with his uh, wife, Charlene, in a very unusual relationship. Yeah, I know. Supposedly he's now dating some girl who's, I guess, married or something like that. But they're still living together, right? Midlife crisis. They want a reality show. (laughs) So what happened is it caused the explosion, unbeknownst to us, two planes had collided. One crashed in uh, Staten Island Mm -hmm. in the field there, not far from Midland Beach. But the other airline crashed right into Park Slope, took out a whole block, brownstones and all that. So the sound of that explosion of the airline hitting the ground and imploding, we thought that was it, the big one. The nun started doing her rosaries (laughs) while all of us were under (laughs) our desk desk, kissing our left hook. Remember, you always had to kiss your left cheek first. Then your right cheek, and basically... Is that like keep... a sign of the cross thing? Is that <laughs> exactly. why? Exactly. what that is? <laughs> and, and the nun was saying, oh, 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 Hail Mary, full of grace. I would say, how come you're not saying the Our Father? Hail Mary, full of grace. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story, Diego, who's looking at me in a very perplexed manner. Andrew... <laughs> Enjoy the Nutcracker Suite because every man who's been married more than 10 years goes through that each and every day. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
Well, Curtis, as you know, America's heroes need your help. Do good in their honor by donating $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers Foundation. We love Tunnel the Towers. We've known them since they started. Go to T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. And give your $11 a month this Christmas holiday season. And, Curtis, I got to tell you, you know, back to the nutcracker here because I think we're going to be talking about this for the next couple hours because uh, you just can't get over this thing. I think you're protesting so much. You know, I just thought about this. You know, you're just a quick walk away. You're on the Upper West Side. So is Lincoln Center. Do you want a double date with Nancy? Ain't, to... ain't happening. You sure? Ain't well, we I look. get two more tickets. Nancy's I'll go old. right on Stub Up now. Take a look. Nancy's old Polish. I'll take it to a bowling alley. I would have <laughs> taken it to the old Whitestone Alley, which is now closing and flushing. Is it? Is Whitestone's now, uh, Whitestone Alley is now defunct? That used to be a 24-hour bowling alley. Yeah, I remember going there a bunch. I went there with your dad. It was the night before Election Day, second time around when he beat Dinkins. Mm-hmm. And he was touring the city with all of his supporters. And I was on the bus. And we stopped at the Whitestone Alley because people would bowl at 3 in the morning. He was doing a meet and greet. He bowled a few uh, uh, a few uh, frames. Mm-hmm. I bowled. It's uh, part of my constitution being part Polish. And it just tells me here's another tradition that's passing on. The 24-hour bowling alley, Whitestone, they're, they're going to tear it down. I guess they're going to put up high-rises. It's an all-Asian area now. Asians love bowling. Uh, I mean, that place would be packed with Asians, mm-hmm. mostly Chinese, some Koreans. But they've decided that there's better use than to have the Whitestone bowling alley. I, uh, we that's lose another bad. tradition here. But... Let me tell you something. I'm ready to take my game changer. Okay. Got to talk to Dr. Mikolos because my blood pressure has gone so high and having to listen to you go to the ballet. Wait a second. The, the nut, me going to the nutcracker is causing your blood pressure well, to go high? Well, I'll tell high? you why. i tell you why. Because normally, in order to get you to sort of shift your focus, right. it would have been a smash mouth football, the yeah. gridiron. Absolutely. Forget Kansas City, the Chiefs, forget uh, Kelsey, forget, of course, uh, the Swifties yeah. and Taylor Swift. Let's focus locally. You're a Giant fan, right? You were brought up a Giant fan. I am. Big time. I'm a Giant fan. Uh, I mean, I go back, I mean, way back to a front line of Andy Robustelli, Dick Modulesky. All of them had to have jobs in the offseason, by yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, Rosie Greer before he went out to the L.A. Rams. And then next he was counseling uh, O.J. Simpson, remember, <laughs> in uh, uh, L.A. County Jail. And everybody was trying to read his lips. Did he actually confess to Rosie Greer, <laughs> O.J. Simpson, that he killed his wife? Uh, and all of that, I mean, Sam Huff is middle linebacker, Y.A. Tittle, Del Schaffner, Frank Gifford, all of those greats. That was Smash Mouth. Do you realize there was a guy on the Philadelphia Eagles who crushed Frank Gifford? I mean, crushed him so bad on the gridiron. Remember, he was the All-American guy, Frank yeah. Gifford. Good-looking, athletic. He was the face of the New York Giants. I think it was Bronco Nagurski or something. It smashed him into a mill. He was out for the whole next season. Imagine the whole next season. Yeah. Frank Giver wow. would be walking down the block. He would have thought that he was half in the bag. <laughs> but it was he was still recovering from the effects of what we would have called the concussion mm-hmm. now and that. He had to be out for a whole season. Wow. And then he came back. Yep. Come on. But Tommy DeVito. Oh, you see? My microphone actually became flaccid. Yes, here. it did. Normally it's turgent. Curtis might need a 
something there for that. Because I'm talking about Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlich, and now his agent is saying, don't toss in the white towel. Don't say, hey, coach, I'll sit on the bench. I'll get some splinters. We got a franchise to promote. You got you to gotta start the next game. Say it ain't so. You're a giant fan, right? It's time for Tommy Cutlets to collect a few splinters on the bench. Yeah. Right or wrong? <laughs> Look, you know, Taylor looked better the second half, and uh, I think you got to give them both a shot over here. But here's the thing. Tyrod Taylor is going to cost the Giants significantly more as a backup next year. DeVito has shown, I think, that he can be a good backup in the league. So I can understand why the Giants may be considering going back to DeVito. All hope is lost for the season. They're eliminated on this. DeVito seems to be the, the crowd favorite, but Taylor did a great job in that second half of the game against the Eagles. He, he looked very, very good. I think they should start Taylor this week, to be perfectly honest. Start Taylor. I think I'm going to the – so if you're going to want to feel better about this, Curtis, I may be going to the Nutcracker tonight, but I think Sunday I'm going to the Giant game, my first Giant game of the year against the L.A. Rams at Giant Stadium. Oh, Sorry, MetLife the, Stadium. Oh, the, Giant the place Stadium. is going to be packed, right? <laughs> Not. You'll be able to walk around before you run into any Sa- Giant fans. Sadly, the Nutcracker will be more packed tonight than uh, than the, the right, Giants let, game let, let, on me, uh, Sunday. You probably get a chance, because it won't be that crowded, to actually talk to Tommy uh, Chicken Cut. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go up to the sideline and, and talk to him. He's a real Mama Luke. Yeah. Uh, tell him what he should do for next year as promised. Yeah, I'm going to tell him Curtis Sliwa, you know, the founder of the Guardian Angels, said to do this. That's the right. radio star, Curtis Sliwa. He'll be in the locker room this. after yeah. the game. He can collect up all the dirty laundry, bring it home, and have Mama do the laundry of all the Giants so that they're set for the next game, right? <laughs> laundry boy, Tommy DeVito. I'm telling you, come on. <laughs> what has become of our manliness in America? Are you going to be buying some of the Tommy Cutlet's uh, tomato sauce? Because I hear he's making tomato can't, sauce. Can't that tomato sauce. You Remember, that? I had chronic Crohn's disease. Oh, my if I have any well, tomato sauce, I'm on the ground sauce. Then, Diego, make a note of that. We're going to get him some tomato so sauce. So let me, let me see. For his upcoming uh, let me see. Wow, what a lineup card here. The Nutcracker Suite yes. tonight with your wife. Yes. And an empty Giants game over the weekend, which you're going to wave to Tommy DeVito on the sidelines there because he ain't getting into this game. And endless hours on the radio with you, Curtis. You know, what what a perfect week. By the way. This is a perfect week for me. By the way, and then saddle up to his agent. Maybe he can become your agent, the guy with the fedora who looks like he's right out of the Sopranos, who's trying to shake down pizza parlors. Right for 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 money, you know. Hey, Tommy, you show up. You got to give me twenty thousand in yeah, cash. Yeah, that was that was pretty dumb of the age. I mean, look, any pre-existing uh, things that you've had, commitments that you've had, do it for the price that it was. Especially when you're talking about a local mom and pop. Are you Andrew, ridiculous? Come on, Andrew. You know what happens. The guy was. Uh, uh, nothing. I mean, look, it's something. Yeah, and the, to go and to the agents getting greedy. Syracuse University, be undrafted. Great story. But right away, you have this greaseball who's your agent. There's no other way to describe him. I mean, look at him. He's, it looks like he's right off of 18th Avenue, you know. He's a real greaseball. He's going into pizzerias and trying to he shake him gets, down. He probably gets paid in 20, straight cash. Exactly. That's it. He's right cash. The there. guy is trying to shake down mom and pop pizzerias. He pro- he's, probably looking, he's probably looking at the story of Menendez hey, with the gold bars in the, the backyard. Way, like, hey, that's a those, good idea. Give me those two colors on the way out. That's a good idea. We'll eat them on the way home before Mama makes the chicken cutlets. Maybe Menendez has a shovel I can borrow so I can throw the cash in the backyard. What has happened? (laughs) I'm telling you. Manhood. Manliness. 
Well, I think it's very manly to take your wife to something she loves to do for a Christmas present like this. Something that's so New York, right? When you think about the New York things around Christmas, right? You think about the Rockefeller Center tree. You think about the lights on Fifth Avenue. No, no, you, know you think about the, the menorah, no, right? Right you by know, uh, you know that, that Sid and, and John has helped like. You, women, think, you think about all think these about, things. And the Nutcracker is no, one of those things no. that people from all around the sorry, world sorry. come to New York to see, to spend their hard-earned taxes. If you would have been elected mayor, Curtis Sliwa, you would have had to have sit front row in the Nutcracker. That no, actually no. is why I'm supporting Absolutely Curtis Sliwa for mayor. Because I want to see Curtis Sliwa front row at Lincoln Center getting his nuts cracked. In the shadow of Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. If you were standing there with your wife and saying, would you like to go to the Nutcracker Suite over by uh, Lincoln Center, or would you like to go to Tiffany's right next door? Well, that's that's why we're going to the Nutcracker. It's a little more affordable. She would have said, I'm all in the Tiffany's. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you. Oh, God, what I'm... You're a Mama Luke, man. Well, I was born at night. It just wasn't last night, Curtis. That's anyway, we're going as to we continue, we got to go to the other guy who was conjuring up images of his mother in the next hour, using it as a shield, a defensive mechanism. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, who again, like a little boy, nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. What was me? This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Change, change, What a fool. Make that a chain of fools. We have Tommy Cutlets, DeVito, the Mama Luke playing football, man's game. We got uh, Andrew doing a plie and uh, <laughs> a, a bow and a curtsy tonight. I don't know if it's one of those crack. interactive things where I get in the aisle and start doing uh, curtsies or anything. But like as that, uh, Aretha Franklin said, chain of fools, yes. chain of fools. But... <laughs> Uh, a salute to Aretha Franklin. I never met her in Detroit, but I met a lot of her friends. And uh, when I was organizing the Guardian Angels to show, that that used to be a real manly town. And women who participated with men before it was actually permissible, they had all-night softball leagues because of the three shifts at the automobile plants. So you could go out at 3 o'clock in the morning. Go by on a nearby series of softball fields all lit up, and they had leagues of the um, auto workers that were playing softball after their ship. So I got involved in some of those games. They had 13-inch clinches, which right. are huge softballs. 13 inches? Jeez. Yeah, almost. How do, you, how do you make that throw from third to first? Let me tell you something. They were striking me out, and these were women who were striking me With out. With a 13-inch ball? It was embarrassing. In yeah. fact, uh, when I played against your dad, uh, when he was mayor, he had his team. Mm-hmm. He had uh, one of the female, well, not a deputy mayor, I think it was part of his press corps, struck me out twice. Really? It was very embarrassing. Probably why she was on the press corps. She could come in and uh, you know throw heaters. Exactly. And then <laughs> uh, they had all-night bowling leagues right. 
for, again, when Detroit was king in terms of automobile production, Iacocco had just rescued uh, Chrysler. Of course, you had Ford, you had GM. And all the workers, they didn't just go home. Now, some of them went to the gin mills, big mistake. But a lot of them played all-night softball. Obviously, you couldn't do that in the winter. Uh, they had real winters there uh, in Detroit then. <laughs> but you could go to the bowling alley. But let me just uh, describe to you what we're going to do next in terms of the format. I have it on good authority that sometimes after 8 o'clock, once again, uh, he has been resurrected with uh, pneumonia. Will be our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who will come in and join us. Yeah. Then at 9 o'clock, i got to exit stage right for a very important hush-hush, much-much Zoom call about Guardian Angels. You know, it's our 45th anniversary coming up February 13th. A few surprises in store. We're going to be very generous to the New York City residents. Okay, okay. Because the mayor certainly is. He's the <laughs> Grinch that stole Christmas, right? <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you're going to have Dominic Carter coming on from 10 to 12. You must grab him in a few seconds before and embarrass the hell out of him and say, tell me what the seven principles of Kwanzaa are, Dominic Carter. <laughs> And then uh, I'll be back with my wife, uh, Nancy, for a full hour, the Rip and Read, 12 to 1. And then with Anthony Weiner from 1 to 3, uh, who uh, was sparking up uh, with your dad. Not that they were together. Your dad came afterwards with a live program. But Anthony's interpretation of uh, crowd control measures that you can use, what's a parade, what's a demonstration, versus your dad, who laid it all out perfectly. If your dad does call up, uh, I would hope he would lay it out the same way. He was spot on. And I'm going to tell you how the mayor, in the next hour, you're going to hear in his own words, basically was saying, I should have never signed that consent decree that handcuffed the cops and gave money to the Black Lives Matter demonstrators and Antifa demonstrators. I'm kicking myself in my tuchus. It sounds like he's saying somebody actually gripped the pen for him and made him sign it. That's what it sounds like he's saying, Curtis. This guy never takes responsibility for anything. No. Well, the funny thing was, during his press conference yesterday, he did actually say, you know, this is my responsibility. This migrant, it's my. And then he started blaming everybody else. So it was almost like he can't even get on the same page on what his messaging should be at the present time. And I think it's just a matter of. He's confused because he, he has no constitution. He has no Eric Adams constitution oh, of what New York well, City wait. should be. The cut we're going to uh, key up with off of his press conference yesterday is how he said nobody wants to do this job. Everybody says, thank God Eric Adams is there as mayor because nobody would want to substitute for me. He couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. 